Shall we just get right to it? One, two, three, four. Okay, welcome to the Simply Clinics podcast. I still, well, we still haven't thought of a name for this yeah um so we need to brainstorm some ideas maybe that's what people can do send in some ideas for what we should call this podcast well it's no name right now the no name podcast it's called no name yeah the no name podcast (laughs) (laughs) um okay so we are the simply clinics team we are a skin and aesthetics clinic four clinics based around london um and we now have three aesthetics doctors and a whole team of beauty and skin experts my name's Laurie I'm joined with Ellie and Dr Harry so Ellie do you want to give us a quick little debrief about your experience experience your experience um in beauty and skin um okay so I I am trained as a beauty therapist and I have been for like seven years now um so I tend to specialize in skin treatments um however I don't do them anymore because I now help with management and train nice and Dr Harry yeah uh I'm Dr Harry so I'm like Laurie said I'm one third of the doctor team at Simply Clinics um I've been with Simply Clinics for I think it might be six or seven months now something like that um but before simply clinics I was working on on my own actually doing aesthetics so I was working kind of uh uh, like in a salon kind of setting um but yeah really wanted to make the move into a kind of a more doctor-led environment where we kind of have you know a team of doctors rather than just working on my own um and yeah absolutely loving it I'm I think the the amount that you can learn as a doctor by working with other doctors in that kind of field and speciality is just it's invaluable actually beats any training course you could pay to go on because you can just really get so much experience off each other and it yeah helps you just create better results ultimately in the end because you've just got that kind of shared experience with each other yeah nice I find it so interesting that everyone calls says aesthetics differently Ellie, how do you say aesthetics? Aesthetics. Harry, how do you say? I say aesthetics. No, you don't. Do I not? What do I say? No. Aesthetics. Aesthetics. I know that's the thing. Because now, but now when I think about how do I say it, I say it differently because I'm like planning how to, maybe we need to have some sort of poll, Laurie, maybe on like Instagram or something of how do you say aesthetics? The first one is, what do we call this podcast? The second one is, how do you say aesthetics? Yeah. you got to get them to send in voice notes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, send us your voice notes of how you say it and we will judge and use that way forever going forward. Exactly. Do you know what? This could get quite controversial. It could be um, as big as the debate of which goes on first, the cream or the jam yeah <laughs> cream or jam for what a scone or how do you say scone or scone 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 i say i call it scone no scone no i don't know how to say i it. call it a, what do i call it now <laughs> i think i call it a scone no i don't i don't it doesn't sound natural i call it a scone and cream on first <laughs> i call it a scone and i put cream on first i think i call it a scone as well no, i don't know Scones, scones, aesthetics, and aesthetics. Next time we film the podcast, we need to have scones. You know, like in um, Gogglebox with that family that have a different set of biscuits each week, and then you talk about 
like what snacks they have. Maybe we could do that as well. Um, funded by Yusuf and Yanis. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. So we're really, this podcast is going to be a lot of diversions and a lot of side notes and a lot of side stories but just bringing it back to um dr harry being one third of the team we have three doctors here at simply connects all very established very experienced and highly highly knowledgeable um so shall we dive in with the main topic of today's podcast which is why we think it's so important to visit a doctor-led doctor-led podcast a doctor-led clinic only for your injectables i think no one better start this off than dr harry himself yeah um i i think there's a lot of i guess different arguments that could be made about you know whether you should visit a doctor-led clinic and i know lots of people make the argument of saying well you know do you need to be a doctor to be able to know kind of what looks good and i think actually i would probably agree with that you know just just being a doctor doesn't mean that you you know automatically know what looks good and you're going to get a lot of variation between different doctors and of course you're going to have you know various like beauty therapists and uh, nurses as well and prescribing nurses all that have different kind of insights into you know the sort of trends and what looks good and what doesn't look good more importantly I think the thing that's most important to me or the thing that stands out the most to me in terms of why would you visit a doctor-led clinic it really focuses a lot around kind of safety um, and I guess kind of like underlying knowledge. So kind of thinking about safety, first of all, um, fortunately, when we perform the aesthetic treatments, there's there's not a whole lot of things that go wrong, really. It's, you know, the, the risks we kind of tell people about are thankfully very kind of few and far between and that happen very rarely. But I think it's just a case of knowing what to do when those kind of rare events occur. Um, so I'm sure we'll probably talk about um, potential risks and things in another podcast um, episode. Um, but, you know, for example, one one would be um, the risk of allergic react- reaction and, and anaphylaxis. And I think it's just a case of, as a client, knowing, having that peace of mind of thinking, does this person who's doing this treatment know what to do and how to treat me if that kind of adverse event happens? Yeah. So is it a case of that? doctors are taught in a different way or like if a nurse or a beauty prescriber was doing your treatment will they have been taught how to deal with a vascular occlusion or is it that everyone is taught that it's just that doctors have more experience they have more background knowledge about the general facial anatomy they have more um you know knowledge and experience of how to deal with other sorts of trauma to the face whatever that means that that doctors have just a bit more or yeah, I think in short, I would answer that question by saying, uh, no, everything isn't the same. And I think that's a big problem in the aesthetics industry in general. That There's not that kind of uniformity. It's not really well regulated at this point in time very well or really, really even at all in some cases. Um, and so that kind of comes all the way down to training as well. So you'll see a lot of variation between different training providers of what they will consider important that they need to teach you on that course so you know um so for example when I was doing my aesthetics training um years ago I I remember looking at various different courses and some of them were offering you know we'll we'll teach you this you know all of these treatments and then if you pay this extra money we will also do an extra day where or an extra course where we teach you how to handle complications now from my point of view that's not that's not adequate I think if you're teaching somebody on a training course how to do a certain procedure teaching them how to manage a complication should absolutely become part of that and almost in a way 
I don't feel that you should be considered qualified to do that treatment if you can't manage what could also happen as a sort of adverse reaction to that. But it, but it's just interesting to me that actually when you look at, and people can look online, if you look at different courses, what they will teach you within that course in terms of patient safety as well as performing the, the treatments is so, so variable. So actually depending on the amount of money you're willing to pay, et cetera, is so variable in terms of what you're going to come out of that course knowing how to do. So really, unless you are a doctor, you don't actually know what courses they've done. I guess it's just down to your discretion. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I would I would implore people to if you're if you're sitting in front of a practitioner for the first time looking to have some treatments done with them, just don't be afraid to ask the questions that you want or and should be asking. You know, it's okay to say to someone, what risks are there involved in this this um this procedure? And when they give you that information, say, and what training have you had? to to give me the peace of mind that you're able to deal with that if that were to happen and any good practitioner should be very comfortable with a answering that question and b giving you that those specifics of information of you know what what training and knowledge they have to deal with that i also think another thing is we have always made it you know very important that when we do take on a new doctor and they've had their training and obviously they have past experience or we make it really obvious on all of our website and everything we make our clients feel as comfortable as possible that they've had the right training and the right qualifications and yeah as you say like open conversations during a consultation I guess yeah and and just to kind of uh pick up on something you said as well um there about you know is it only a doctor that that could offer this I think again the answer to that would have to be no you know I don't want to say that only doctors can can manage these complications because you you, would, you might often find you know some nurses or, or some therapists as well that um have been really conscientious with their training and seen it as really important to make sure that they can deal with these complications you know to keep their patients safe um but then the other side to it that again i would just encourage people to think about is what experience do these people have in managing this so by all means, you might teach somebody, you know, how to manage anaphylaxis. But as doctors, we've invariably treated anaphylaxis many, many times. I mean, I, I can't even begin to count the number of times I've treated anaphylaxis person, personally. And it's just having that experience and the level headedness, if that were to happen, you know, to, to manage that situation. I mean, I'm just using anaphylaxis as an example. There's there's other, you know, potential complications. Um, but I think, yeah, to, to summarise that, I would say that, has the practitioner had the training and do they have the confidence and experience to manage all of the potential outcomes that could occur? Yeah. Ellie, when you first went and had your first treatment done in like the first clinic you ever visited, where did you go and why did you go there? And was it doctor-led? Um, it was not doctor-led. <gasps> I know, shocking. Look, at, I was young. I was young. Um, I didn't... Young and foolish. I didn't know any better. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> no, I think like when you're younger, you don't really have the same thoughts of like, you don't really care about like anything can go wrong or like you don't really think that far ahead. You just do. Yeah, you just want the cheapest and like the one that looks good. Yeah, the, the most, the one that's available because I think a lot sometimes when you're like making these decisions young, they're like spur of the moment, like who can I book in with tomorrow? Do you know what I mean? Like, I want it done, I want it done now. So that was kind of, kind of the vibe that I was on at the time. And it was, it was in a clinic. However, she was renting a room. Um, I don't know what her background was. I think it might have been pharmacy. Um, and yeah, she, there was nothing wrong. Nothing went wrong. Oh, it was fine. Um, yeah. And then after that, I then had a nurse and then a doctor. And then 
than here, Dr. Yusuf and Dr. Harry. That's what I pick up on of what Ellie's saying there is nothing went wrong. And I think that's great. Like, of course, we, we don't want ever anything to go wrong. And and generally, things aren't going to go wrong. You know, they, they are, on the whole, quite safe procedures that we perform. But it's just about, again, coming back to, but would that person know what to do if something goes wrong? In that, in that rare instance that something does go wrong, are they qualified and experienced to manage that? Yeah, to be honest, I don't even know because like, I wasn't thinking about any risk. So for me, I wasn't even going to ask her about her qualifications or anything like that because I just wanted it done. And now, for me, I would only ever go to doctors because I'm more aware of everything. Yeah. Yeah, as you get older, you don't want to look like you've had work done. You want every tweakment to be very natural looking. You want to make sure that you're going to, like, the best of the best and you are in the safest hands. And, like, when you walk out, you're not going to look like a bloated fish. Yeah, yeah. Also, what I would never ask before is like I would more I would more focus on the price, like the cheaper the better, and that I would never really think about what are they actually injecting. Mm. I would never ask like what it is. I just thought like oh, fifty pound for half a mil. Yes, I'll take it. Do you know what I mean? But now it's like I'm you know when I when we have clients come in or any new any new um, employees starting that have had filler before I'd be like oh what filler did you have like how much of it and they're like I don't know I have no idea and like you, they, you just I suppose when you are young you don't really think to ask that many questions like you kind of do take risks and you're happy to just kind of go along go along with it but I guess as you yeah every year that passes you just become that little bit more aware of like you know what could go wrong and well, yeah I know, like for a lot of people like the like the price of it really comes into it like that's why they will you know might choose one practitioner over another but for me I'm kind of like is you know saving 30 pound worth it like for the potential risk that could happen like does that is it really worth you know saving that amount of money that's that's my mindset on things now say you did go somewhere and you paid it cheaper and actually wasn't a botched job but it was just like you you never forget the feeling of say when you've had your lips done and you come out and then the next couple of days are really really swollen and you absolutely like you get very scared you're like am I gonna look like this forever are these lips gonna go down and it's like if you did pay less money to go to somewhere just so you could get it 50 quid cheaper and actually that is what they're gonna look like they like on a day-to-day it's not worth that feeling like if you regretted that whereas go into somewhere where you know they prioritize natural you know natural seamless results it's clinical it's clean less is more sort of thing it's just worth your peace of mind yeah I agree I definitely the environment kind of changes the way you feel and you know the 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 result might not necessarily be so different but I think it's the whole patient like journey and experience as well is really important totally agree well, one thing I was going to say about as well about safety is that um, it's it's again one of these things that, you know, every time we, we all get into a car, you know, that the chances are hopefully that, you know, a car accident, for example, is not going to happen. But it doesn't stop us from putting a seatbelt on before just to take that extra precaution. Love that analogy. Thank you. I'm, I'm full of analogies. There'll be plenty more. <laughs>
but but I think it's I think it's true. You do kind of like take those extra sets because it's such a simple thing to do. Just click the seatbelt on, and then you just know you're that bit safer, even if something does happen, even though you know that thing's not going to happen. But it's just, and I think that's, and certainly from a doctor's point of view, when I'm doing the procedures that's how I approach so many I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about our injection techniques and stuff in in a future podcast because there's so many things that we do that just make things that little bit safer and I think even if it only makes it that kind of one percent safer I as a client would prefer that um, and it's just kind of stacking up those kind of precautions to make it overall a, a better experience also the contact kind of like how accessible it is to contact places like if, if someone was to call, you know, WhatsApp photo straight away, it can be sent to, you know, the doctor, whatever. But if you're, sometimes that is a benefit, but then if you went to an independent, they might not get back to you so quickly because they might be busy. They don't have anyone to help or anything like that. So you've also got that aspect of, you know, there's someone on What's the follow-up process, time. yeah, definitely. Um, I was thinking as well, just another kind of uh, point is just with regards to, Kind of knowledge and understanding of like facial anatomy as well so i think that um that just it, when we're talking about achieving natural results i think the way that that can be done best is by having a really good understanding of the facial anatomy and working with somebody's face because it's all well and good kind of doing treatments and kind of almost recreating the same treatment over and over again for you know for your clients and for probably 90 percent of your clients that's gonna you know you're gonna get it right and that will look good but it's just about having that being able to make a, an assessment an examination of somebody's face the way it moves the way the muscles and the tissues lie to kind of introduce the products that we're using to work with their face rather than trying to create a different face altogether or you know it's just about making bespoke treatments essentially totally agree okay i'm going to suggest as we come to the end of our podcast that we do a little tradition every week Okay, so Ellie, what's your favourite treatment been this week? Mm, cavitation. Okay, where are you having cavitation? That's a bit personal. Oh, okay. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. No, my, my stomach. My mum's hum. Your mum's hum. My mum's hum. Okay. Harry, what about you? So my favourite treatment, so not a treatment that I have done for myself, but a treatment that um I did yesterday well we do it quite a lot but um using Botox but specifically for a brow lift love that love that um because mm. we get so many people obviously come in for you know Botox for like a kind of like frozen but actually the brow lift I think is just a really nice kind of touch. yeah just it gives a really nice look yeah a little touch up but nothing too kind of dramatic a little je ne sais quoi exactly bit of pizzazz. side note I'm actually seeing it go viral at the moment I've had it done before but it's like I'm seeing it all over TikTok at the moment the temple filler. Yeah. When I did the full face rejuvenation last week, I was like really tempted to do some uh, temple filler. But like, obviously you've only got a certain amount of filler like within the package. And I was like, oh, I kind of had to prioritise. But yeah, I was kind of keen to do that as well. It's almost one of those areas that like, as a client, you're like, oh, I want it in areas that I would notice it. Well, it's meant to be the lift, the look of the lift. Do you know what I've noticed some people have started doing is putting, um, so obviously temple filler, but then actually putting some filler like above, like probably what you're saying, Ellie, like above the eyebrow, just to kind of give that volume. Because you know how so many people have that kind of heaviness there, but then you can just lift it up. It's an alternative to like threads and things like that. I saw a video for threads. It just freaked me out. I can't, I honestly don't think I could do threads, like because it just looks so aggressive. Have you seen it gone wrong? No, 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 no. no. Awful. 
when it all like like puckers up and like gets infected. Ooh. The scarring, Chloe Chloe Ferry has literal concave dents in her oh from where it went wrong. It's a mess. Um, so, what's your favorite treatment this week, Lori? My favorite treatment. I haven't had any treatments this week actually, but my favorite treatment would have been if I made it into clinic today an Abaji Blue Radiance chemical peel on my cystic spot on my jaw that decided to pop up um yesterday morning and say hello so that would be mine because you know when I had my cystic spot a couple of weeks ago and I got a peel on it the next day the swelling the pain it went within a couple of days and then within a week or two it completely gone and now I haven't actually got any scarring from it and usually I get really bad um either a scar or hyperpigmentation from it but it's been great I feel like you should give the person a shout out that recommended that Mona (laughs) (laughs) Jaking, thank you Ellie okay well this brings us to the end of our very first podcast how do you think it went guys yeah I loved it loved it okay so next week we are going to dive straight in to the good stuff if you have any stories whether you're a client and you've been to a an amazing clinic or a not so great clinic or you're an aesthetics practitioner or a beauty therapist yourself send us all your stories in good or bad and we will read them out obviously you can stay anonymous but we can't wait to um read some of your stories and give our two pence basically i'm actually really excited for this one yeah, I'm very excited. So get in contact with us. You can DM us, WhatsApp us, email us, um, and we will read them out next week. Also, if anyone has any questions to put to one of the doctors, they can uh, write in as well. Is that right, Laurie? Yeah, we're going to have another section called the doctor's room, where if you are unsure of a treatment or you, you know, you're unhappy with something about your appearance, you can write in, get some advice from Dr. Harry. Free advice and we will read it out in our little the doctor's room section great great thanks guys okay i'm not booking for a treatment later from Bye. bye bye, bye. bye.